0: There is no greater act that we as a Christian can do than to take communion. This is such a special service. It's why we, we don't do it every single week, because we, we want to be able to honor it and be mindful of exactly what Jesus has done for us. And so for me, it's so special that this communion service comes at Thanksgiving, Because we have so many things to be thankful for this week. How God has protected us with this terrible outbreak of disease. And yet, all of you have been protected. And yet, the greatest blessing that we have is the fact that God let Jesus come to this world and give his life on the cross for us and joins with us in communion And so what a special, special Thanksgiving service it is for me that we can celebrate this communion service. And so we give thanks today to God. We give thanks today to our Lord uh, for everything that they have done to make it possible for us as Christians to be one day with God in heaven. And so when Jesus celebrated with his disciples in the upper room, that last Passover supper. That would be the last time that God would effectively honor the Passover. That was the last Passover, you see. And Jesus effectively put the period in that Passover because once that Passover was celebrated, the new covenant was created. Uh, And so this becomes an important thing for us to focus on, and I want to focus on on that in this message today, so that when we take the communion, when we take the elements, that we in fact understand what we are taking uh, and what, what God is doing for us. Uh, and so you understand that the Passover came about when the Hebrew people were in Egypt in captivity and wouldn't be released, and so God sent the angel of death into Egypt to destroy the firstborn of every one other than those who would put the blood of the sacrificial lamb over the lintel of the door. And so the Jews were, were told to do that. And as they did that and put the blood of the lamb over the door, they were spared from the death angel. And yet all the other firstborn in Egypt were all destroyed and executed. And so forever... Passover meant to be passed over uh, from death and to be protected. And so Jesus was now celebrating that very special event, Passover, uh, right, right along with the Day of Atonement, one of the very, very high points of the Jewish faith. And so as Jesus did that, he was instituting at that dinner this new covenant. And so I would ask you to think about what it would be like to be back there 2,000 years ago and see Jesus at that table and the 12 disciples sitting there, enjoying the Passover meal, understanding how serious it was. And so Paul talks about what Jesus said that night. And so Paul says that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he he was betrayed, took the bread, And when he had given thanks, broke it and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And remember, he was saying this uh, because he knew that within 24 to 48 hours, he would be executed, his body would be broken. He would be crucified and executed in the most ignominious way possible. And yet he went there willingly, as the ultimate perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice of God. And so he did that for us. Do this in remembrance of me. And that's one of the things that we are instructed to do, that we do communion in remembrance of what Jesus did for us. Uh, and, and as he said there in, in that, that evening, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me as well for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes and he will come back he has promised us that and so even as he will come for each of us as we pass from this life into the next and he will be there for us we recognize also that the scriptures tell us that he will someday come back to this world and claim this world as the Lion of Judah. And so we know, we know that John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, as Jesus came to be baptized, John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Behold the, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And so in becoming the only way, the only way, we as sinners, we as human beings who are so failed in so many ways, so many ways, the only way we could get to heaven would be through the blood and the atonement of Jesus Christ on the cross. And the old covenant had failed, and God knew that. All of the rules and the regulations that the the Jewish people followed were broken on a regular basis. They didn't realize that those rules and regulations and commandments were designed to bring them to their knees. To recognize that they needed a savior and instead they elevated the law as if it was the law that made us holy. No, it's not the law that makes us holy. It's the law that shows how desperately we need a savior. And that only through this new covenant, this sacrifice by Jesus Christ, could we be saved. I want you to turn, if you have your Bibles, to Hebrews chapter 8, beginning with verse 8. And talks poignantly about this new covenant. But God found fault with the people and said, The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, I will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. And I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and aging will soon disappear. Oh, my how profound that is, as we understand exactly what God has done. It is effectively the termination of the old covenant, the termination of the rules and regulations with the death of Christ. No longer, no longer would there need to be a day of atonement. No longer would there be a high priest that would be appointed. No longer would there be a holy of holies uh, that only the high priest would go in. No longer would there be animal sacrificed where millions of animals will be sacrificed in order to be to-, to atone. No longer because all of it will have been ended forever when Jesus Christ died on the cross. It will all be ended. And that is what the new covenant is, that in his blood, in that promise, what he has done for us. And so what does God require of us? What really does God require of us as we now approach the communion table? What does he expect from us? And this is important because we have to be sober-minded as we come to take communion. Well, first of all, the Lord's Supper is a memorial of Jesus Christ, and Jesus made it very clear to his disciples that we are to do this in remembrance of him. This is how we remember the Lord. We do this and we bow in remembrance of his sacrifice. Second, second, it is a time of thanksgiving as we give thanks to God and to Jesus for their love and sacrifices in making this possible. None of us, none of us would ever get to be with God. None of us would ever get to heaven unless Christ died on the cross and made us part of the family of God and made us part of the brotherhood of Jesus. And that's what we do today as we take these elements. Third, it is meant to be a public proclamation. And you know, so many of us want to be able to tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, this is a public proclamation we make to teach ourselves, our children, our friends, those inside the faith and those outside of the faith, seeking the truth, understanding who God is and what Jesus did for us. Also, we recognize that the old covenant has been superseded. It has been superseded. And so if you would turn to Colossians chapter 2, I want to read a few verses that are poignant on this issue. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Can you imagine what Jesus did for us? How poignant it is uh, that God did that, that Jesus took all of those rules, all of those regulations, all of those laws that condemned every single person who could not live them in perfection, and he nailed it to the cross. And when he nailed it to the cross, he allowed us to be part of the family of God in such a profound way. What a great triumph this is as we see what God does for us in this special way. Look also, if you would, uh, and as as we understand also the importance of self-examination. This is a time of self-examination. We just don't come up and glibly take the elements of communion. We don't do that. Before we do that, we are to self-examine ourselves. Lord, look at my heart. See if there's any imperfect part of my heart. See if there is hatred or a lack of forgiveness or revenge or anger in any way. Lord, I ask you, Father, to take this away from me, to wash me in every way, because if you come to the communion table and do not approach it in that way, then you are approaching it in the wrong way. And if you have your Bibles, look at 1 Corinthians, if you would, chapter 11, verse 18. Since many of you are boasting, and this is the Corinthian church he's speaking about now, which is his church filled with malice and envy, and although they called themselves Christians, they were not acting in a Christian-like way. And so you see this here. Since many are boasting in the way the world does. Uh, I too will boast you gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. But if you would look here at, at 11 verse 18, let me begin with that. In fact, even, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantages of you or pushes himself forward or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. And so you understand exactly how this church had really gone out of the way and had gone wrong. And so look also at what, what he says here uh, about, about the judgment of God if we take communion in an inappropriate way. Look at First Corinthians uh, 11, verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judge ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give you further judgment. Instruction And so you see here that this was a church that was not really honoring the Lord's Supper, was not being respectful of God. And so when it says, let a man examine himself, I don't want you to think that unless you are a perfect person, you can't take communion. No, none of us are perfect. We're all filled with warts and sin. But the difference is that we approach with a heart that says, Father, I love you. Wash me. Take away these impurities. Be with me, Lord. You know, you understand the Beatitudes. The first beatitude said, Blessed are those, blessed is the poor in spirit. They shall inherit the kingdom of God. And that's what this is about, being poor in spirit, but recognizing the very gift that God has given us. And so you see the church there. That became a church of man, not a church of God. And we aspire to be a church of God. We aspire to be a church of Jesus Christ. And that's why when we celebrate communion, we don't make this uh, a a communion that, that relates specifically to a specific denomination. I don't believe in denominations. I believe in the universal church of Christ across the world, unbounded by rules and regulations. And so here it is, If you're with us today and you're part of another denomination, as long as you believe and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are welcome to take communion with us. Because I didn't see Jesus making any of these other rules and regulations. And so I live my life in accordance with God's word. And so I invite you to do that today. Don't be in a position where you say, I can't take communion. I have issues in my life. This is not the time to walk away from the communion table. Instead, it's a time to say, Lord, help me, wash me, forgive me. Lord, bring me closer to you. And when you do that, that's precisely how we live in accordance with God's word and God's will. And so it's important for us to see that fifth, fifth, It is a demonstration of unity within the church and the body of Christ. Unity. We are united across the world with Jesus Christ. We are united with God in every way. We come together as a church. We come together as a people. We do not separate ourselves, but instead we are unified. And let me say this also that, and so that you understand this. God wants you to approach the table with repentance and with forgiveness. And let me say this. You don't need a mediator in order to repent. You have a mediator. His name is Jesus Christ. That's your mediator. So to think that any man can be a mediator violates the will of God. God. What is it that we've done here and exhibited? We see Jesus dying on the cross for the very essence that he is your mediator. So don't think you have to have some uh, facilitator or mediator in order to to, uh, be in a position where you're appropriate with God. It is a brokenness of spirit, a bowing of our head before the throne of God, the looking up to God and say, Lord, I am imperfect Father, I have sinned. Take these feelings away from me. Walk, wash me, Lord, from the feelings of hatred. You do it, God. And then you have a responsibility if there are people that you feel uh, ill towards or hateful towards. You have a responsibility to make it right. Don't think that you can ignore it. Don't think, well, you know, these things happened six weeks ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. God is putting that on your heart now. If in some way you've done something that's not right before the will of God, this is a time to make it right. This is a time to make it right. And so we see this. And so Paul says to us here, we are all called into the fellowship with Jesus Uh, And so even though the Corinthian church was filled with, with so much strife and malice and envy and hatred, they did not focus on Christ. They had these feelings, and as they partook of the Lord's Supper, it was a sin. And so God is instructing us now that if these feelings are part of your life, you need to bow and ask him to forgive you. You need to bow and ask for forgiveness. You need to bow and ask him to wash you, to take these feelings away from you. And so we focus today on unity. We focus today on love. We focus today on sacrifice. Uh, We focus on the fact that we are part of the worldwide universal church of Jesus Christ across national boundaries across ethnic boundaries, across racial boundaries, across national boundaries, in every possible way, we are one people under the cross of Jesus Christ. That's what we are. That's what he calls us to do. Not to be divided, but to be unified. So that when someone in our our group hurts, it doesn't matter whether they're here in Naples or they're in Africa, we hurt just as badly for them because they are part of the church of Jesus Christ. And so this has to be our, our prayer today as we're made mindful of what God has done for us. And so let's bow our heads in prayer as we consider taking the elements. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you, Father, for your sacrifice. I thank you for what you've done for us. And now, Lord, as we are about to begin taking these elements, I ask you, Father, that in every way you prepare us, that you touch us, that you touch our hearts, and make us mindful of that sacrifice as we draw closer to you in every way. In Jesus, we put all these things.